welcome back to another episode of Our Playground. I'm your host, Allie Fan. It is a super sunny, pretty summer Friday. It's currently 3.51 p.m. and I'm recording this intro two days before the episode goes out, which actually isn't bad because usually I'll record these intros Sunday morning and I just feel like it's just too much unnecessary stress of trying to get this done and so I'm going to get it done now so that I can do other things and not worry about this podcast episode. Today I am honestly going back to where this podcast all started and going back to if you're an OG listener then you know that the first episode that I ever did was with Luna who is a climate activist and for the first like 10 or so episodes, a lot of the guests that I had on were in the sustainability space. I was really focused on that and that really was like the theme of the podcast and obviously it's branched out from there, but we're kind of going back to it today because I'm joined by Lena Chow. She's the founder and CEO of a low-waste personal care brand, Clean Circle. There's a little bit of a backstory of how I found this brand. They actually followed me on my personal Instagram, which was kind of crazy because, like, when does a brand just follow you? <laughs> Unless you're an influencer that has, like, or a content creator, right? So they followed me, and then I looked on their profile and then their website, kind of learned more about the brand, and I was immediately hooked. And so then I was like, I should have the founder of Clean Circle on my podcast. So then I DM'd them and Lena actually replied back to me and then we set this up and it was a super quick like back and forth. It happened really fast, but I'm so glad that she was able to come on. Clean Circle was created to not only tackle beauty waste, but also address the impact that the environment has on our skin. In this episode, we talk about how Lena started in the college admission space, and so we kind of get a bit of backstory into how she went from there to then starting a beauty company. We also talk, of course, about what goes into actually creating sustainable and ethical beauty products, how to be more sustainable in your daily routine, and of course, she shares all of her entrepreneurial takeaways since starting the company back in 2020. I hope you love this episode. Definitely go check out Clean Circle. They are linked in the show notes and go check out their products. They are doing some really cool things and I'm just so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. I learned a lot, not only about entrepreneurship, but also about sustainability and it was a really fun conversation. Before we get into it though, of course, if you have not already, make sure that you leave a rating and review if you're on spotify you can rate the podcast it's just at the very top and then if you're on apple podcasts then you can leave a review literally just a few words it really really helps thanks for tuning in i hope you guys have a great week ahead now let's welcome lena onto our playground Hi, Lena. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show today um, to talk all about sustainability and beauty. I feel like I, when I was like younger, or not younger, but like a few years ago, I was like really into the whole climate movement thing. And I still am, but like I, that's when I first started learning about, you know, 
sustainability and climate change and I feel like this is like a perfect time especially with you know we were just talking about it earlier with like the weather and how like just off it's been just in every part of the world honestly so I'm really excited to have you on today Thank you so much for inviting me and reaching out. I'm excited to talk a little bit more about beauty, sustainability, and what I believe is going to be not the trend, but where the industry is headed. Yeah. So I feel like I this is our first time meeting, and I kind of want to get to know you a little bit better. So what did you do prior to starting Clean Circle, and kind of were you in the beauty space? That's a great question. So no, I'm actually a beauty outsider, uh, as as outside as they can be. My background is actually in uh, elite college admissions. So I was trained at uh, UCLA, Harvard. I did. I worked at NYU, Columbia. So I have a really good sense around, you know, obviously college admissions, but specifically DEI. How can we help students get into some of these top schools and be successful as well? So that's kind of how where my career is rooted. And ah, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Everyone always asks like. How how did you end up in the beauty space, right? That's usually the follow-up. And the answer is that because of my lens in DEI, clean beauty and sustainable beauty is a social justice issue. As we know, clean beauty isn't really as accessible as it should be to everyone. Ingredient sourcing, packaging in itself, right, should be available, better packaging should be available to everyone. So I saw, you know, I'm taking kind of a more of an interdisciplinary lens, taking my background in justice, in equity, taking that into the beauty space because there's just so much potential that we can really highlight uh, in the space as, yeah, I think that's a, that's how I ended up in the beauty space. And I think also I just loved it. I followed it for many years. Uh, and, and that has, and I think my personal love for it has allowed me to kind of build, go into the space. That's so like, I've, I've had a, I've had a lot of like beauty founders on the podcast and that's like the most like unique interesting like path because okay that's funny that you were in college admissions because I'm gonna be a senior in the fall and so I've started like the college application process and I just think that's so funny that (laughs) that's how where you started um and that's a really like cool like kind of realization you had with like you know accessibility and all that absolutely I think the beauty industry in itself it's it's getting there and I obviously I'm a much older than you, uh, the industry has definitely shifted and there's definitely progress on it, right? But clean and sustainable is still a small part of that. So my lens is how can we make that just much more accessible and much more, much more available to people? And as we know, uh, sustainability in itself, right, harms the lowest income communities physical waste actually isn't you don't you're not finding it in your high you know your high income neighborhoods right it's actually affecting lower income so there's a lot of overlap between my lens in DEI to what how I want to shift the beauty industry so yeah it's a weird it's a weird turn of events Uh, I think that's how how funny life is in many ways but there is there there's correlation Mm -hmm, definitely so how did you like get the idea for clean circle specifically obviously you know DEI and all of that but like how did you get the idea specifically for clean circle 
Yeah. So when I was, so now I'm in Los Angeles, but when I was living in New York, uh, as you can tell, just from my experience and my work experience, I was living in New York quite, uh, I was living in New York and when in New York after work, you usually jump to the gym or you're going out for a drink, whatever it is. Right. And so I would go to the gym after work and I would have to remove my makeup, remove kind of like my day before I worked out. And I remember using makeup wipes and, and it was just like so harsh on my skin. It not only just ruined my skin, it was, I was breaking into hives and I couldn't identify why, but also at the same time, I was looking to be more sustainable. Uh, so I was like, wait, if I want to be more sustainable, let me replace my single use makeup wipes, but let me find it that's ethically made with better fabrics. And I actually couldn't find it on the market at all. No one was actually producing reusables, like beauty reusables to replace single-use makeup wipes and single-use cotton rounds ethically. Uh, and my parents, I'm a first generation. My mother was a seamstress for 30 plus years. So I knew the labor laws. I understood fabric really well. So I saw a gap in the industry, a gap in just product that was like, hey, if I care, I am sure other people will care as well. And that's actually how I got the idea of Clean Circle was not, like, how can we make these single use products in beauty be, just be a little bit more sustainable? And I so I launched it with re reusables that replace single use makeup wipes and single use cotton rounds, but made better. Yeah. So if you could talk about what those products are, I can see them behind you. I love the packaging. And I've watched a bunch of your of the like videos on Instagram and stuff. So if you could explain like what are your best products? Yeah. So our products, like when we first launched, like I, you know, what makes our reusables different than on the market? Uh, anything you could buy on Amazon, anything that you could really even buy any of your big, big, uh, big retailers is that we use certified clean fabrics, Okiotex certified fabrics. What this means is that our fabrics have been tested for any harmful chemicals that are left on it through through production. Our clothes actually carry quite a bit because it's it's, it's uh, chemical intensive to make. So we, you know, I was very conscious around using clean, um, you know, certified clean fabrics. We also have a lot of certifications and audit certifications around workplace. Uh, so we only exclusively work with certain manufacturers, certain factories to, you know, to sew our reusable. So as you can see, this is our reusable makeup remover pad, right? All this is hand sewn. Like this is sewn by someone. Are they being paid fair working wages? Uh, so these are, like I say, I launched with these two products to replace single use makeup wipes and your cotton rounds and made, made ethically. Uh, and this has, both are actually great sellers because I do think, you know, the, the world, people are saying 70, 75% of the population wants to be more sustainable. So that's a huge number, right? So it's uh, it's always good as we continue doing education on why you want to choose fabrics like this. Uh, and of course, why you want fabrics, products that are made ethically. Yeah, that's super cool. I also want, so I know you guys have the Konjac sponge. Mm -hmm. That is super interesting because my mom sometimes uses like Konjac jelly in like soups and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how do you make that? How does that get turned into like a makeup sponge? Yeah, so that's so great. So the Conjac, I have one right here. Uh, so the Conjac facial sponge is great because 
it's actually as and some people might know this this is it, this is like a century old tool people have been using this in food and medicine forever it's only as of kind of like more recent but still pretty still quite a long time where we've made it into a contract facial sponge to help exfoliate in a gentler way it was originally created for babies with eczema so now as climate has uh, impacted our skin way more. So more dryness, probably more heat where we are. This is just a great way to kind of maintain our skin health. And it is made out of the contract, uh, it's made out of the contract root, the contract plants. And it's just it's just technology around how we could take that ingredient, dry freeze it with some water, and it becomes this, and it's 100% compostable. So really great, again, going back to that, you know, but being sustainable in our routine. Yeah, so following up with that, how are, as consumers or as people who use, you know, beauty products, how can we make more sustainable choices in our everyday routine? That's a great question. I think that sustainability, and maybe this is my, my kind of my lens around uh, interdisciplinary ways of, of looking at sustainability. Different people are going to view sustainability really differently. For example, some people might care about packaging. Like I only want recycled packaging, right? Uh, some people view sustainability through, I only want vegan ingredients. And then some others might view sustainability as I only, you know, I, I want fully transparent ingredient sourcing. So like where your ingredients are coming from. So I think that as consumers, we need to identify what sustainability means to us. You could love all of it, but it's also very expensive uh, to replace everything, right? So I think it's about taking that first step, identifying what makes sense for you in your routine. And there's no right or wrong answer as long as we kind of make those shifts. And it's going to be a journey around it. So for me personally, when I think about sustainability, I really wanted to reduce beauty waste, physical waste. Uh, that stuff will go into the, you know, go into landfill. Landfills are usually in poorer neighborhoods, poorer countries. We out, we, we send our garbage out. So with that, it's for me, it was like really just reducing pure physical waste. And that's what our products have been doing, helping people reduce physical waste. So I think, uh, I don't think there's a right or wrong or uh, one linear way to answer that question, but more so a identifying what sustainability means to you and then slowly kind of growing and adding to that journey. Yeah, I love that. I feel like sustainability, there's so many different factors into it. So it definitely helps when you break it down and you look at it from like little things. Yeah. I, I know. And then there's like, I know that so many people care about packaging and as they should be, uh, you know, people want zero plastic or they want, you know, only in paper packaging. Uh, so really, and, and I think the industry is moving quicker than it you has to in the past because consumers are asking for it. Like I said, 78% of consumers care. So we're, we're starting to see a lot more innovation around packaging uh, as we go. So I think it's, it's been, it's a, it's a really interesting conversation and it's a really interesting time for the industry. And for young, I think for everyone, everyone w- wants to, you know, everyone wants to see better products, right? Uh, according to how they define sustainability. Yeah, for sure. So I want to kind of get into more of like building this brand and kind of what was like the first steps to starting Clean Circle? Like, how did you even like 
learn about all of these different practices? That's a really great question, Ali. It's extremely hard. <laughs> it's extremely, extremely hard. I think the first step was, you know, really being very clear on what it is that we are doing. And my whether our whether our content has changed or et cetera, my mission has remained fairly fairly aligned since 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 we launched in twenty end of twenty twenty. It was to help people reduce their beauty waste. It was something I cared about, and I and I think it's just one of those that we can tackle as a brand. Uh, so, you know, with that lens in place. I kind of started building around that, right? Like what is our mission? What are our values? Who do we want to partner with? So kind of creating those foundations of what it is, what is the change that we want to see in the industry helped was our North Star, right? Any single time, you know, when you're product developing or when you're doing something, even partnerships, like do they really align with us uh, and who we are and who we want to, who, who we're speaking to as well? So I think, to start off is having kind of that North star around what it is that you're doing um, and why you're doing it as well. For me, you know, when I launched my reusables, you could say it's kind of like an homage, right? To my, to my mom who worked in factories for 30 years, it was like, well, we could do it better and we could do it in a really ethical way. So, you know, why not? Why not? (laughs) So I think that is for people who are, thinking about starting or, you know, anything of that journey have identified what that North star is. Yeah. I love that. I love that advice. I feel like when you have this idea, it's hard to like sit down or at least for me, I feel like when I have an idea, I have to like, there's just so many different things. I want to do everything at once. Yeah. And if you don't really know what your end, like your why is basically, I know like people talk about that a lot. I know. Yeah. People yeah, talk you, about why all the time. And I know it's yeah. hard. It's hard like to always stick to it and identify and be really clear on it. Um, so it, it is, it is. You have to have reminders of what it is, right, that you're doing. And then of course, tactically is if you, if you want to break into beauty, if you want to even start anything that is your own, right? I think it is uh Obviously, protecting of your name, trademarking, uh, that stuff, all the the technical trademarking, making sure that you you have, I hate to say, like you have money, you have money to be able to do what you want to do, right? And those are all the the, the non-sexy details of (laughs) brand building. (laughs) Yeah. So when you first, when did you guys launch the brand? Yeah, so the idea the idea came to me when I was in 2020. I figured beginning of 2020 I was like, "You know what? I I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but I know what I want to do in regards to like beauty in the space." Uh and people can say it's pretty naive because I do think it's naive where I I didn't understand how hard it was going to be. I didn't understand actually really the work. I, as, as well. So I launched, but the idea came, I think I've always been sitting on, on an idea of like, what if like, cause I was looking for a brand that, that I wanted as, as well, right. As a regular consumer. So I thought I decided to take the leap in 2020. We launched officially December of 2020. So we're just about two and a half years. So still very, very, very young, but 
it has definitely been a journey in that sense. Wow, you launched like right in the middle of COVID. Yeah, it was a yeah. It, it's it's a. I, I think uh, everyone you know ha- have their own opinions on trying to launch a brand, a brands or a company dur- during that time. I think that there was a lot of great and a lot of learning uh, as well. Yeah. So moving on, I you kind of already touched on this, but what are your personal favorite sustainability hacks? Um, yeah, it could be beauty, really anything. Oh, I okay. So I, besides from beauty, besides from obviously, like I said, I, I launched a brand, a brand with two products initially to replace your single use. I still think that there's a lot of potential in this space. Um, for me, uh, things that I have really, I would say in the last few years, you know, switch over to bar shampoo and conditioner. And do I still have my big plastic containers? Absolutely, right? But I, I'm trying to make it maybe 70, 30, 80% bar, uh, and then 20% maybe, uh, you know, you know, with with one of those containers with a pump or something like that. So I'm not perfect either, but that's something I, I'm looking into. Switching out my floss with something uh, in, out of, so instead of that plastic, something more, a little bit more eco-friendly. I think that, Obviously, all your single-use cotton rounds and all that should, should be replaced. Cotton is is a renewable resource. However, it is a it is in, is a it is inten, intensive to grow. So you're using like so much water, right? Five thousand gallons of water to produce two pounds of cotton. So even though it's renewable, it's really labor and uh and intensive. So. I think that's an easy replacement. I also am, I also practice zero food waste. So everything gets composted. Whatever I don't eat gets composted. I'm very into, I'm also just really into being very mindful of like what we, what I purchase and what that end cycle looks like as well. So I think those are a few things. So those of my beauty hacks, the, the shampoo and conditioner bars are no brainers. Uh, I think there's some cool lotion bars as well that I think it's great for travel, especially if you're going away for like college or you're going on a graduation trip, whatever it is, super easy to, you know, to, to, to replace. And then of course, uh, you know, like I think my own life, the, the zero food waste is something that I've been practicing for many years now. I compost everything, the onion peels, I compost everything. And I'm lucky. Uh, when I was living in New York, you, you, your compost, you have to like, and maybe in Seattle, it's a little bit different, but if you live in a neighborhood, maybe right now I have a compost in my backyard that we have. However, when I was in New York, I had to bring it to the farmer's market every weekend. So, you know, it, it you, you kind of work, work with what you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we have, you know, like a green compost or not garbage like bin. bin so yeah see that's great uh so like if you have the opportunity to even get one uh and, and you know have collection in your area take advantage of it yeah i think it's, i think it's such an easy easy way to be more sustainable mm-hmm. so being that you've been on this founder journey for almost like three years now what have been the biggest challenges I mean, I'm sure there's like a lot and you could like talk about this forever, but what have been like the main challenges that I feel like, you know, if someone who wants to start a brand, what may, like, what are some things that they may not realize? 
if you are looking to start anything like brand, business down the line, a club, whatever it is, right? Um, but kind of dipping your toe into it. I think for the biggest challenge is um, getting people to believe in what you're doing, right? I think that is something that it's always hard. Uh, and even as whether you're in high school, whether you're just going to college or even as adult, convincing and educating people on what it is that you're doing and having them believe in that as hard as, as much as you do. So for me, I think the biggest challenge besides from, you know, I think again, like the, the nitty gritty of like raising financials, all that is, is my, am I super clear? Like, do I believe in it? Do I have that much conviction in what I am doing and the impact that I want to have? Uh, and you have to remind yourself every day, if not every two hours, you have to remind yourself that that conviction is there because things get really hard. And that's across the board. It doesn't matter what part, um, where you are in your life, right? So having that conviction and reminding yourself and sometimes being your only advocate that you have to clap for yourself when no one else is. And it feels like no one else is. There are probably people that are, right? Parents, maybe a good friend, et cetera. But you really do have to learn how to clap for yourself and celebrate yourself when it feels like the world is celebrating you. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty hard. And I, when you said making people believe in what you're doing, I've, I've experienced that definitely in like, in you know, I'm in leadership at my school and we'll do things and you know sometimes the adults will not want to you know listen to you know the kids and like the students and their ideas which is like so (laughs) annoying sometimes but definitely like just like being because sometimes you may have this great idea but then when people you know don't support it or they you know criticize it then you start to feel bad about yourself and then you don't want to do anymore and then it just goes nowhere
Yes. Mm -hmm. So if you could go back to when you first started the brand, what would you do differently? yeah definitely I feel like also when you first when you start something like going back to your advice of having people to believe in your product or your idea I feel like when you have people that believe in it it just makes it so much better I guess I don't know that's the best way to explain it yeah Mm -hmm. yes No, yeah. So are there any fun things that you guys are working on at Clean Circle that you can share with us? Yeah. So, you know, I I feel like with the innovation thing, 
there's again a lot of beauty brands out there and it's just I think it is really fun because I feel like Gen Z specifically we really like gravitate towards like these cooler brands that you know like Clean Circle that are doing you know things that are outside of the box and it's just really fun to see too as a consumer because you're like wait this is like for example I have this color changing blush from Euphoria I don't know if you know the brand but that like they use like I don't even know but like very like sustainably made and stuff like that and it's like wow like these things can exist and then like (laughs) it's just Yeah. Mhm. <laughs> no, I don't. Like the short attention spans. Yes, I think that's really important. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Our Playground. If you enjoyed it and you love the show and you haven't already, make sure to follow and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. I really appreciate it. You can also connect with us on TikTok at Our Playground Pod and with me at Ali Fan with two N's. Once again, I'm your host, Ali Fan, and you are listening to Our Playground.